0: I'm Stacy. I'm Jenny. And this is Learning for Life, a homeschool
1: podcast.
0: We are two homeschoolers who use different methods, curriculum, and
1: strategies to make it all work. Our goal is to help parents teach kids how to develop a lifelong love of learning. Welcome back everyone to Learning for Life. We're so glad to have you here with us today. Today we are talking about one of my favorite subjects in the whole world, books. So, we are going to talk about how we are using books in our homeschools. We use them for read-alouds, audiobooks, independent student reading. So, and also just books that Stacy and I are reading in our free time. And coming up in just a little bit, we are going to have on
0: some special guests Kim and Erin from Youth Inspired Publishing, so make sure you don't miss out on that. So let's dive right in. Stacy, did you have a special
1: book-related quote?
0: Yes, we actually, you and I both have been reading The Chronicles of Narnia with our kids, so I found this really fun quote by C.S. Lewis, and what it says is, "...a children's story that can only be enjoyed by children," is not a good children's story in the slightest. I love that. I thought this was so cool. Yeah. And I mean, it's so true. I I kind of take it, I know we're talking about books, but I love kind of like Disney movies as well. And Disney movies are not only enjoyable for children, like adults can find things that they like in it as well. So it it all applies to books and and stories in general.
1: I love that. And I totally agree because... I've found that the best quality literature that I'm reading with my kids is stuff that I just enjoy too. So kudos on that one. That was a really good find. So in the spirit of reading things with our kids, that usually entails read-alouds, especially if your kids are like ours and aren't quite reading completely on their own yet. So Stacy, what are your favorite books that you are using for read-alouds these days? Yes, I'm actually going back and forth
0: right now between two series. We're going through the series of Harry Potter and even Chronicles of Narnia. So I started reading Harry Potter with my kiddos, and they absolutely loved it. And I really loved reading this to them because I haven't really submersed myself into those books since I was probably, I don't know, high school, college age. And so it was just really fun reading these. And when I was growing up listening to Harry Potter, we would do audiobooks. So Jim Dale does the readings of Mm -hmm. the Harry Potter audiobooks. And so his, just the way he does it is so awesome. And so I try to like imitate that in my own read-alouds because um, I'm really enjoying reading these to them, could, although I would even enjoy listening to the audiobooks with my kids. I but, would love to be on the on uh, the
1: wall listening to you impersonate Jim Dale. <laughs> um, it's probably not that great, but my kids seem to think it's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, that's
0: all that matters. Um, yeah. And it helps that there's a good good storyline. I don't have to do too much. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we finished reading the first Harry Potter and one fun little thing I've been doing is we read the book and then they get to watch the movie. So it kind of helps motivate them to want me to read. I mean, they already want me to read because it's a good book, mm-hmm. but it, they're like, oh, if we hurry up this week, we can finish reading it and then get to watch the movie over the weekend or something. And so once we finished Harry Potter, we moved on over to the Chronicles of Narnia, reading them like you suggested in publication order. order. Yes, so important we information with, there. Yes, we started with the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And after we finished that, then we watched the movie. Um, my son actually told me when we were watching Harry Potter, after we watched the Sorcerer's Stone, he was like noting all the differences or parts they skipped or everything. And he even told me, he's like, the book was so much better. Oh, good boy. Yes, yes. That's the point. That's why we read it first. So now we've moved on. We finished Narnia. We've moved on to the Chamber of Secrets. We're probably, I don't know if we'll start number three the third Harry Potter book, but we'll have Prince Caspian after that. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of just switching between the two so we can kind of explore both worlds at the same time, which is a, a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, so I'm doing Chronicles of Narnia with my kids as well and definitely in publication order as well. And so, yeah, we've done Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and we just finished a few days ago, we finished Prince Caspian, which the girls loved just as much. And so, yeah, my advice to you is the Chronicles of Narnia series does stay pretty age appropriate for younger kids for longer than Harry Potter does. You know how you're kind of stopping after the second yeah. Harry Potter? Yeah. So, that's with Narnia, it does stay a little bit more mild throughout. So, I would just say stick with it, um, even if you're stopping Harry Potter, because um, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, it's super good. And so, another thing that Stacy and I both actually have read aloud to our kids, I'm in the process of doing it. Stacy already finished it, but we read The Secret of Annabelle. And this is a book in the Hidden Hollow 5 series, this is by James Lewis. And um, it's, so it's published by Youth Inspired Publishing. Youth Inspired Publishing is an independent publishing house that is focused on empowering youth through creativity, diversity, and art. So all good things. They're currently running a youth illustration contest for the first book in the Hidden Hollow 5 series, The Secret of Annabelle by James Lewis, that our kids are actually participating in. And this publishing company was founded by two moms named kim and aaron so we actually got a really exciting opportunity to interview them for this very podcast so let's roll the tape all
0: right hello thank you kim and aaron for being here how are you guys doing
2: we're doing great thank you so much for having us this is aaron by the way and um, this is kim
1: hi Thanks so much for being here, guys. This is really nice. And we were just talking about how you're in Wisconsin, so it's fun to make friends that are in different parts of the country. That's so fun. I agree.
2: (laughs) I I am very jealous of your warm weather in California.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, we kind of wanted to just dive into exactly what you guys do. So um, can you just tell us just a little bit about you guys and Youth Inspired Publishing? Youth
2: Inspired Publishing was actually an idea that birthed from our dad, James Lewis. And as you guys know, um, he is the author of Secret of Annabelle. So he actually created this book with us as children back in the early 90s. So if you remember back then in the 90s, the only thing in this category, which is um, the first chapter book, mid-grade range back then, was uh, Babysitter's Club. Ramona, yes. um, I can think of like Arl Stein <laughs> was about the category. I remember going into Walden books as a child, um, being like a nine-year-old and and the category was like one shelf long. Yeah, And so back, back then we wrote this book with our dad, sat down at a table, um, wrote the entire story of Annabelle. And at that time he was really excited. He uh, sent out, if you think of snail mail, there was no email, there was no, internet was barely even born. And he sent out all these publishers, all these agents, and months and months would go in between with really no reply. Um, and he just kept getting, um, no, no, the category's not there. There's really no, you know, the barrier to is way too high, and so he kind of gave up. Um, our dad is also a teacher, and he had a lot of different colleagues in the industry. And one of them took it on actually at an elementary school and in second grade. And for years, they have been reading The Secret of Annabelle. Um, oh, how cool. To the second grade class. Yeah, it's been so through the years as we obviously went off to high school and college and had our own lives. Um, we kept getting this feedback from the second grade teacher saying how much her students love it. And the book is so timeless. So Kim actually took the initiative by um, and said, you know what, I'm going to see what's out there. The industry has actually grown exponentially. There's rows and rows and rows of these. Books in the in, you know the six to 12, 12 year old category now, and she's like you know what let's see let's see what's out there and so Kim really like hit the ground running and went the tr- traditional publisher route and was still hitting the same kind of barrier to entry instead of the category being too small it's actually too large now and they're getting so many submissions so we're like well great <laughs> what right. do we do and then oh, wow. um, you know we're like you know what why not we're both you know intelligent human beings or really both passionate and we're like let's just do this you know let's just do the research do the legwork and publish and become a publisher and publish our own books and see what's out there and throughout that inception um it kind of we pivoted ever since so now covid hit right so we're all in this um, area where our kids are at home and we had just started this youth inspired publishing and we noticed a, such a high need for art. And we're like, you know what? This book has no illustrations and our kids have no outlet for artwork right now. So I, so we, we sat there and talked about it and we're like, what if we did an illustration contest? We said, you know what, these kids, there's been so many studies done where art and literature married together, um, creates such a higher learning environment. And that's kind of where the birth of the illustration contest came through.
1: That is great. That's so cool. Sorry, did you want to say something else? No, I was just going to say, this is Kim. And also just, it's just
3: like a passion project for us at the end of the day. I mean, we, um, we're both full-time professions and other things, moms, you know, we're just have tons of other things going on, but frankly, we just are so passionate now about this and just finding, creative outlets for kids and empowering kids. And it's just been really, really fun. And we're still having so much fun.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's kind of sounds like me and Stacey with this whole project. So I think we're just like (laughs) a match made in heaven. I just love this. (laughs) Well, could you guys give us just a brief description of the book, The Secret of Annabelle, that the contest is kind of centered around? Sure. The book is about these two female, their girl protagonist, they move to a
3: new town and they just quickly find themselves in the middle of this kind of exciting mystery. They move into this old, almost mansion house. And it's just, it's really just a fun, wholesome book. What I think we love about James's writing is, um, again, it is timeless. So it was written a while ago, but it's still so relevant. Right. I was um, just going to say, because I just started yeah. it with
1: my girls. So we're about three or four chapters in and I had no idea that this was written back when you were actually kids so I think that's yeah. really cool. <laughs> no and and we we had to change a couple things in there because we we're like oh, look, a little bit
3: has been updated but not much and I think that there is so much good writing out there but sometimes there isn't that like just wholesome fun exciting easy read book either and that's kind of what this is and it's just the first book and um, four books he's already written and now this is like totally sparking more in him to write. But um, the mysteries, again, they're just they're fun. There's little fun twists and turns. Age appropriate, I think, is also huge, Mm -hmm. um, especially for parents out there that you don't have time to vet it yourself. And it's just you might have if you've already read it. No, it's just it's very clean. You know, you don't need to be too worried about what the content is. Um, And then I yes, what I I love love about it, too, is, you know, it kind of does have two females that are kind of running the show. And as you move on in this series they meet more friends and there's boys and girls but it's great because he does a great job of um kind of ensuring everyone is equal contributing to the mysteries having fun and you know that's kind of important especially recently in this kind of modern world um where those issues are becoming more addressed and so that's why we kind of love it too It's it's been
1: fun re- Engaging with it now, especially since we lived it when we were little and, you know, helped write it. Well, I was going to ask actually, like, how much these characters are like you two in real life? Because I don't know if our (laughs) listeners know this, but like, I know it's based on you guys, but it's also like the characters are named after you guys. So, (laughs) yes, I know. It's
3: good. Um, Yes. So, we did not move to a new town. A lot of people are like, we didn't know that you like moved and all this stuff. We're like, no, no, no. (laughs) That's all fictional except for our names. I mean, the descriptions of us actually are weirdly accurate. You know, Erin, my sister, she's definitely the one that's always, she's the older one, kind of the the leader of us two, you know, and I've always been kind of like strong in my own way, but kind of following along. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, it, it's actually very accurate for how we were when we were little. So, but the the actual details of everything are completely fictional. Everything is fictional in that sense.
1: Oh, that's great. Well, can you give our listeners a little bit more information about the contest and what the contest end date is and all that important information?
2: Sure. This is Erin talking. Um, so the contest actually wraps for The Secret of Annabelle on March 31st. So you have until then to download the free book, read the chapter, submit as much artwork as you want. Um, it's been actually really amazing. I, said, I would say the most the majority of our artwork coming in has been in the last two to three weeks. Seeing this artwork come in through people's eyes, um, children's eyes, has been really great for Kim and I because we have um, been seeing these characters and Hidden Hollow and Annabelle's house in our head for decades. and But to see the artwork come in and see how they depict it has been phenomenal. So, um, yeah, so the contest reps, again, March 31st.
0: All right so one question that my own son keeps asking me is what sort of artwork are you looking for for those winning entries and does it matter if it is um, a sketch or just uh, would you prefer color or anything like that?
3: No so we will really take anything that um, a child is interested in drawing so it could be a sketch it could be we've gotten watercolors we've gotten paintings we've got just black and white drawings the only thing that we kind of have any direction with is just to maybe not put faces in the illustrations and that's only because um we would really like to choose illustrations that keep the book relatable to all kids so by not putting a face in there if kids are reading we want them to be able to put their own face or their you know be be able to relate to the characters and, and almost put themselves in their shoes so not saying that we will not consider drawings with faces in them, but that's kind of the only direction that we have. Otherwise, the the sky's the limit. Go crazy, be creative, and do whatever,
1: you know, they think is you know, the appropriate illustration for the book. I'm so jealous that you get to look at all these submissions. I'm just like, I'm so curious <laughs> what ki- how kids interpret it. So that's really cool. Well, I guess my next question is about your dad, the author. So um, you were saying he's really super inspired by this whole process. So we're curious when the next book will come out.
3: So yeah, it's already written.
1: Um, like I said,
3: there's actually three more written. It's We're in the kind of the editing process right now. We, we have some professional editors That is not Aaron and I are (laughs) our specialty in this in this piece. Uh, We're thinking um, early summer of this year is kind of the target date for the second book. And then we plan on the third book rolling out probably fall to early winter Wisconsin time. Uh, Is kind of what we're thinking for the timeline.
1: How many more books do you think there will be in this series?
3: Um, At least three more. It's really cool to see my dad. um, He's 70 years old and getting super inspired and excited again about something. I mean, he does a lot of other things, but he'll come to us and be like, I've already thought about the ideas for the fifth book. He's just so creative. It just pours out of him. It's been really fun. He he actually did the third book while he was in San Diego with us. Mm-hmm. And he literally just every day would sit down for like an hour and he just like pumps it out like it's no big deal. It's just it's, <laughs> it's really cool to see someone in there creative like that because um, I don't feel like I have that in that sense, you know? <laughs> It, like not when it comes do. to writing, <laughs> yeah. So it was just really cool. So um, you know, it could be up to six. It could be up to nine. I mean, that really disguised the, the limit. That's what's kind of cool about these books is there's endless amounts of mysteries that Aaron and Kim and what becomes the Hidden Hollow Five, which are these five kids, kind of can encounter.
1: I mean, you know how many boxcar children books there are out there. there are yeah, like I know, hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy Drews. Yeah,
3: you never know. So I mean, I think that when he sees the first book in print, you know, it's actually there for him to touch. I think um, he's going to get an even more inspired, which is fun. And he actually has a whole nother series as well, um, that he's already written two books for. So that's exciting, too. Wow.
1: I know so what we'll a see. gift yeah. he has. I mean, that's just I know. so <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm very jealous. Well, I have just one more question about the book, or at least the series is, what do you hope, or what does your dad hope kids will learn when reading this series of books? So he had three
3: girls. We're, uh, my sister's the middle, and I'm the youngest. And so he's always really instilled this empowering nature in us. Like, we can do anything. Um, you know, we're strong. We can solve things. You know, we're, we're independent. And I think that's kind of the, the continuous message. But also be fair, be kind even in Annabelle, you know, I'm not going to give it away, but obviously they do a lot of compassionate things in the book. Right. And so that message continues throughout his book, you know, whole stories, they're kind of, you know, Aaron and Kim get into a little trouble, but it's always innocent trouble. Right. And they're always trying to do the right thing. The message is always at the end of it, this, they're trying to help others. They're trying to contribute. And I think that that is his biggest message and that's what he's instilled in us. Um, and probably half the reason we're even doing this right now is because we have this inspiration to do more, to help, to contribute.
1: Right. And that's what I love about the book. And I'm very picky about what I read, what my kids read. And Mm -hmm. we have just been having so much fun with this book. Like, honestly, genuinely, it's, it's really great. And I love how wholesome it is. Thanks for that feedback. Yeah. And just how empowering it is. And like the kids just seem like real kids. Oh, awesome. Thank
3: you so much. He will love to hear that.
0: Okay, so we have a segment that we have been starting on our podcast called The Recommendation of the Week, and this can be anything um, that some of our listeners would be able, like kind of like a little hidden gem that they may not have heard about before. Do you have any recommendations for our audience?
2: This is Aaron talking, so that's actually a really good question. I, I, um, so my son, Josh, is actually home with me, and I, I homeschool him right now until the end of the year, and we just had to do a book review, so this is kind of relevant. So he's been reading, I don't know if you guys have heard, The Last Kids on Earth. It's no, i never Max heard of that. Marlier. So it has, you know, monsters and zombies, but very, like, mild. But what I really liked about the book um, is it's a lot about teamwork, and the characters are in there, and the illustrations actually kept my 10-year-old's attention straight through four books, which is Huge wow. for my son, you know, to go through. And what I think is interesting about the four characters that are the kind of the main characters is they're a hodgepodge. Like, there's a really strong girl. There was one of the boys that is one of the last kids on earth. He was one of the bullies, and they, you know, he learns to like be part of a group. Then the last uh, part is their pet, which is like this large dog that they learn to tame. Um, so just working together and it's all about teamwork and, you know, staying alive and not too scary. I mean, if, if that's a concern, you know, so and the illustrations, like I said, kept his attention and really tied the book together. Great. And that's and saying a
3: lot for him because he likes video games. So it's, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: it's awesome that he was able to like read. for.
1: <laughs> hey, that's the Holy Grail is finding a book <laughs> yes. that video game. Could... Sorry, can you um can you say the name and then the author just one more time? Yep.
2: It's the Last Kids on Earth series and it's Max Braillier. Great. And that's B R A L L I E R. Cool. And then I actually have one. Rec- so I have
3: a whole different age group of kids. <laughs> obviously, I have a five year old, a, a three year old, and a one year old. And um, the one that lately we've been reading over and over again is the monster at the end of this book starring lovable, furry old Grover. Have mm-hmm. you guys ever heard of it? Yes. Oh yes, my gosh. So I love my mom that book. used to. It's by John Stone, and my mom used to read. I love it because my mom used to read it to me and my sister. My sister and I, when we were little, and she used to make the Grover voice, which <laughs> I cannot do at all. <laughs> but um, I love it just because it's so engaging for them. And um, if you know the listeners haven't read it before, it's again a very just timeless really fun
1: book that's great yeah I love that book I remember actually I don't remember anyone reading it to me but I remember reading it as a kid to myself and um, (laughs) and it's it's so fun well Stacey, did you have anything else you wanted to add with Kim and Erin
0: no I'm just so glad that you guys were able to come on here it has I have learned so much and I'm so excited thank you again for coming and being on our podcast No,
2: that's really exciting to hear. And honestly, um, after March 31st, um, there will be other um, illustration contests coming out. We actually got approached by another talented writer who does more picture books. Um, And so that'll be an opportunity for young artists to, um, it'll be much shorter. You know, it'll really illustrate the artwork. That's probably going to come out in the next month or so, Mm -hmm. would you say, Kim? Mm -hmm. Um.
1: Oh, also so really
2: yeah really quickly what came out of this just to put it out there for anybody mm-hmm. um, is this artwork and I know that across America I, I know you guys homeschool my kids were in traditional school the arts have really reduced over the last 10 years I would say
1: mm-hmm.
2: where there's just not a lot of funding so we saw this huge need um and why I think we saw all this influx of artwork is, these kids don't have an outlet to submit their art, right? There's a lot of kids out there who want to go to art school, but they don't know where to build their portfolio. So in the um, local area up here, we started to partner with some adult artists, and we are actually going to be launching um, this segment called Art Review for us, where kids are going to be able to submit artwork and get feedback from an actual artist on a form of a scorecard. So they'll get full on feedback from a true artist, adult artist on, on the piece that they submit. And we actually are launching our first youth artist soon, because if we might choose certain youth, youth artists to actually copyright and publish their work, and they'll be able to have a limited edition series on our website in our store where they'll be able to sell their artwork, do their first commission, earn money, and actually build their portfolio for college.
0: That is so so cool. I I love the fact that the artist gets to give them a scorecard. Yes. Um, My very competitive child knows he's (laughs) a good drawer, but um, I'm not an artist. So I'm like, oh, that's great. But I think having that real like professional feedback for him will tell him because it's more than just mom saying, oh, you should like fill in your lines better or whatever that is.
2: So um, we're actually going to be reaching out to other artists across America to see if they want to be guest artists um, who review these children's artwork so we're really excited about this to give these kids an outlet to actually get their artwork seen get feedback on growth and potential to be able to build their college portfolio
1: well that (laughs) is I guess it for right now but thank you so much Kim and Erin for being with us thank you thank
2: you so much guys this has been phenomenal
0: Thanks again to Kim and Erin for that interview. And if you are looking for a read aloud suggestion for your kids, then be sure to check out The Secret of Annabelle, which is a free download on their website. We'll put a link in the show notes. So if you don't have time to sit down and open a book and read with your kids, one of my favorite options is to do audiobooks. Yes. So Jenny and I both use audiobooks quite a bit in our homes. Um,
1: Jenny, when do you use audiobooks the most? Um, When do I not use audiobooks the most? (laughs) My kids just listen to audiobooks all day long, sometimes, uh, especially with my new work schedule. It's kind of a screen-free alternative, which I enjoy. They also do have some audiobooks on CD and they have a CD player in their room. So sometimes at night as long as they were good all day, they have earned the right to listen to their CD player at night. So they enjoy oh, that I like that. Yeah I mean for my kids they, they watch such little TV that to them like a reward is an audiobook. So highly recommend if you want to just awesome. get like a cheap CD player, Uh, How do you listen to audiobooks, Stacey?
0: Um, we listen to them mostly in the car, so this is clearly a time that I can't open my book and start reading while I'm driving. (laughs) So anytime we have to do errands around town or anything like that, I just open up the app that I have on my phone and we start listening. Right now we're listening to the Boxcar Children series, which is really nice because they have so many, so I don't have to keep finding, oh, that book's done, what are we going to listen to next? Right, and they,
1: correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't have to be read necessarily in chronological order after the first one, right?
0: Yeah, so the first one definitely um, is the one I would suggest starting with, but they they mention that first book, and I actually researched a little bit So the main author the first i want to say maybe 12 books i'd have to go back and look it up but the first 12 books are written by the original author and the kids actually are growing up i believe maybe the original author passed away and now somebody else is writing the books and they took them back to where the kids were more in the like preteen teenager stage Mm. and so they were able to and then that's kind of where they stay so from about you know maybe episode 15 on there's about a hundred of these Books.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of like what they did with the Babysitter's Club at a certain point. Actually, I think immediately they just never age. <laughs> and it's yes. it's kind of a weird thing if you think about it because Halloween comes around many times, uh, prom, oh. <laughs> like stuff like that. Well, the reason I ask about chronological order is because on these different apps that you're referring to, which we can dive into, sometimes not every single book is available when you need it. So it's kind of good to have a series on the back burner that you can always just pull out and there's gonna be something there available. So like the one I'm thinking of yes. in particular is Libby app. And I know you use the Libby app, right? It's through the library.
0: Yes, I have used Libby and that that was kind of my main thing that I ran into issues with what I wanted Um, wasn't available and then I'd put it on my hold list but then we'd listen to something else and then we weren't done with that when the other one came on hold. So I had a lot of issues with the timing of things. It still is a really good app when you're when you kind of know what you want and can time it all properly.
1: Right so a lot of I've heard of other people using these apps through the library so there's also the Hoopla app which is slightly different. In my experience it gives you a certain amount of borrows every month and you... And so I think for me, it's five per month and they're available immediately. So there are no weights, which is really nice. Just the only problem is the the parameters of how many borrows you have. But there's also things like Audible, which you can pay for. So that has like a subscription fee. And we also uh, my kids and I have recently been using something called LibriVox. Have you ever heard of this, Stacey? No, not LibriVox. Okay, so it's free. They do like random little ads that you can actually skip in between every few chapters. So this is how we've been getting through our our history book that we read called Our Island Story. So it's really nice. It saves me so much time. We actually, just yesterday, we were listening to this while I was doing dishes. And this whole time before, before I knew about this audio version of the book on LibriVox, I've been sitting down and making the time to read it to them and it just takes a while. But I was doing dishes and we were all listening to it together and I was like, wow, this is what dreams are made of.
0: That is so nice. Yeah, I love that. And jumping back to hoopla real quick Mm -hmm. is, yes, there is a limit to how many, but one thing that someone else told me about was you have an account and then if your kids have a library card, then they would also have an account. So you would be able to like still... Down, you would get a few more downloads per month.
1: I love a good library hack. You know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, and then do you have any information on this other audiobook app called Tales to Go?
0: Yeah, so that's actually what I use right now to listen to the Boxcard Children we were able to get this through our charter school and it's it's pretty nice. Uh, they don't have a super wide selection. I think that's the main reason I went ahead and just stuck to the Boxcar Children because they have that entire series. And so if I'm trying to find something else, it, it can be difficult. The search function isn't fabulous. It's hard to find things. But if you know what you want and they have that series, then I think it's a great way to just take it and go for it.
1: That's really cool. And so I did want to mention of all of these options, obviously, like sometimes you get what you pay for and Audible by far has the biggest selection. I mean, my husband spends all of his time just listening to books on Audible. He's probably the, one of the best read people I've ever met because he's just listening to stuff on Audible. So we wanted to mention to you that we do have a link in the show notes for, for you to get a free monthly long trial of Audible. So check that out if you're at all interested in seeing what Audible has to offer. So all that being said, we also do want to encourage our kids to read independently and especially if they're of that age and that ability level at which they can do that. So Stacey, how do you get your kids to read on their own?
0: Yeah, this was actually when I was starting out homeschooling and trying to teach my kids to read. I didn't know how to do it. I, you know, would look at some families and their kids are just loving books and all, you know, reading super early. You know, you always, you know, that one family that you see that has that kid that's like three and can read chapter books. Um, that was Jenny, by the way. Yeah. Um, so
1: Not to brag. Um, that
0: wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't me. And so I was trying to figure out how do I make sure my kids love reading. So what I started doing actually last year in my homeschool was I started doing 10 minutes of silent reading just as something that they could kind of do on their own. And one big thing, um, I know that you know a lot of brick and mortar schools would do something like this. And so I really made it, they could do it at any time of the day. I had very little restrictions on what they could read. And again, since my kids were, for, were younger it was as simple as they could just open up a picture book and look at the pictures as they went.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's just getting them into that habit of being around books and making sure that they're exposed to books. So actually just recently this year, I kind of upped our silent reading to 15 minutes every day just because I was finding that they, the timer, because I have, we have Alexa in our household. Mm-hmm. And so they just, it's, it's really cute. They're like, Alexa, set a 10-minute reading timer or whatever. And I would find that after the timer went off, they were still, like, they wouldn't stop reading. It was really cute. Or looking at the pictures at that point. And so they were just, it. That, that's what I wanted to see and that's what I was aiming for. So... Um, the silent reading everyday part of our school and they they can do it if I'm busy working with another another one of my children Um, I say okay well I'm busy right now so why don't you go do your silent reading and it's something else that they can do and they're occupied while I'm working with some with another one of my kids I
1: love that idea because like you were saying it's like getting into a good habit of just opening a book and reading it and feeling comfortable with that because people who aren't raised with reading probably don't even know that that's an option that they can do if they're bored or something I think that's cool and also I'm definitely I didn't know you did that because I'm gonna actually do that now (laughs) so thank you for the idea
0: (laughs) you're welcome and I hope somebody else is like oh that sounds great and again the biggest thing that I want to stress is just make it no restrictions right don't sit there and be like oh I don't see your eyes moving like just there would be some days where my kids, I could tell they just weren't into it. And so I just, you know, let that be a day that they didn't feel like reading. Yeah.
1: And yeah. There comes a time but, when you're supposed to sit with them and instruct on how to read the CVC words or the silent E words or whatever. But this time is really just their time to just explore books on their own. So I think that's yes, really, exactly. really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and so a second thing that I do is is I don't know how this this came about but they had like a little basket of books in their in their bedroom and I would find that they would stay up and they were finding these books and they were opening them and they were reading them in bed (laughs) and at one point somebody brought a flashlight in like this has been a thing now for probably six months plus where they're basically after it's bedtime we put them to bed and they all have flashlights and now they've got more books in their room that they can pick from and they're reading or looking at books in at bedtime um, it keeps them semi-quiet and you know they get to read until they're tired so yeah. it's fine with me and uh, another fun way they, they kind of feel like "Ooh, we get to stay up and read yeah. books and it's like
1: yeah kids like okay you, but you, you you read those books <laughs> one piece of advice though as someone who has terrible eyesight probably from doing that Um, They say not to, I mean, I don't know what the science is behind this. So please someone correct me if I'm wrong. But they say that doing that is really bad for your eyes. So just, you know, um, I don't know. Even with a flashlight? Yes, because it's such low light. It's like your eyes are straining. Even with a flashlight. um, It's something about having the bright. I don't know exactly how it works. I'm not an optometrist, but I've heard that before. And I think maybe even my parents were told with me not to do that anymore. I, maybe, maybe this is a made up memory in my head so if anyone is an optometrist or knows an opto- optometrist please let us know if this is something that will lead to Stacy's children having eyesight issues <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that'll that be the thing. But they will know how to read and they will enjoy books. <laughs> exactly. So at least there's that. Well, my kids have been reading independently a little bit. My kids are slightly younger than yours. So I'm just going to preface with that. They also obviously listen to audiobooks a ton. So I don't know how motivated they are to actually read books in print, but my kids we just recently switched over to the all about reading curriculum which everyone had been suggesting to me stacy included and i just was very (laughs) resistant because i didn't want to buy a new curriculum but i ended up diving in and i wow love it it's like the beacon of hope in my life at this point like it's 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 made such a huge difference in my kids reading lives and i know that's the same is true for you stacy so the thing that my mm-hmm. kids have been actually reading is just the books that come with that curriculum, the the books that are like go along with the lessons. So they're just, you know, really easy. They're kind of like Bob books, especially at first, but super easy. My kids love the illustrations. I don't know what it is about these books, but it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting that these books just captured their imagination so much. And um, so that's the main thing my kids have been reading. We also do supplement with Bob books. I have a bunch of those box sets, but kind of out of context, if you're not teaching an actual lesson with the specific sounds that are being introduced, it might be a little jarring to them. So that's something that I've noticed. So I, I try not to introduce those if they're feeling particularly sensitive about potentially failing. Anyway, I I recommend if you're looking for a reading curriculum or just books that might encourage your kids to read independently a little bit more, I would encourage checking out All About Reading. Yes. Um, And Jenny, I also know like for your kids,
0: you have a pretty nice little children's library bookshelf in your house. How, How do your kids use that during the day?
1: Well, so I am like constantly curating it. I actually went to a used book sale today. <laughs> so I'll be adding more things to my shelves today. But okay, well, this is kind of a two part question. How do I use that? Okay, well my kids constantly are going up to it and grabbing books and looking through them and they just love that. I have all sorts of I have the it divided by fiction and nonfiction. So I have all the nonfiction books on one one side and then fiction on the other. So they know... That is my favorite way to organize bookshelves, by the way. I know some people will ask that. Like, how
0: do you organize bookshelves? Those of you that do it by rainbow, you like, bless your hearts because that... The second somebody took a book and put it in the wrong spot, that would drive me crazy. Oh, Like I know. here, there's only two spots. It's either fiction or nonfiction. But it, the rainbow looks so beautiful. And if you can maintain that in your household, you are doing something awesome.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say is like the only... I have it separated just by two categories, nothing more complicated than that, because I have a toddler who is just constantly either just (laughs) pulling books off of the shelf or actually actively destroying the books. So I've like had to put the nice, what I call cherished books. So my Chronicles of Narnia, my Harry Potter, my Lord of the Rings, like really old books that I want to keep nice. I want to keep those, like, away from the baby. So those are up high. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of the just, like, um, the I Spy books down low. I have those Eyewitness Science books down below. I have just huge picture books um, that maybe I just don't care as much about or weren't from mine or my parents' childhoods. So... Yeah, we're just we're all about books in my house, um, probably because mm-hmm. of me, because I'm all about books, um, which I guess leads us into our last segment here, which is our favorite books. So, Stacy, are there any books that you are currently reading? So I am currently reading a
0: book. It's mostly for professional development, but it is interesting and it's a nonfiction book and it is called Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott. And it is all about kind of how to have kind of those difficult conversations that you may need to have with either like a coworker or a spouse or even your children. You can use kind of the same skills. And I mean, these could be, you know, those conversations that you don't want to have with somebody because you know it's going to make them mad or you know it's going to, you know, cause a, a riff in your relationship or anything like that. But how to have them and kind of keep it Um, if it's in the workplace, professional or in a relationship, like trying to keep an open mind and keep it civil and everything like that. So it's been really interesting. Other than that, Jenny, I don't spend too much of my time reading. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I know you're like cringing in your chair because... (laughs) I know you've got just so many book recommendations that you could give me right now. Um, I don't, I, I do, even the Susan Scott book, I'm listening to over audiobook. I don't find a whole lot of time in my life as much as I would like to to sit down and just read a book. I'm actually loving the read-alouds with my kids. That's kind of the extent of my current reading right now is getting to read those with my kids.
1: I mean, to be fair, that's most of the reading I'm doing too is read-alouds with the kids Um, (laughs) because clearly I cannot find enough time in my day to read quietly to myself. I try to a little bit every night before I go to bed. I find it helps me fall asleep. But, I mean, busy homeschool parent life who also works full-time, it's, you know, doesn't always happen. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying there. <laughs> what books are you currently reading? So, right now, I mentioned this actually in our YouTube video, which is something I want to mention is, like, this podcast is also kind of tied to our YouTube channel, which is called Kids Learning for Life. So, we also talked about some of our favorite books there, but this is much a much more in-depth conversation here. So... I mentioned this before, but I'm really into the book Far From the Madding Crowd right now. It's by Tom Thomas Hardy, not Tom Hardy, the actor. It's Thomas Hardy. I always get that wrong. And uh, I am absolutely loving it. I've gotten through a lot of it over the past few days just listening to the audiobook. But I also have the book in printed form in front of me. I, that's what I read every night before bed. I love it. I'm probably going to turn around and just like start reading it again once I'm finished with it. That's how much I like it. Cool. Yeah. I'm. It's a Victorian novel. I don't know if anyone knows about that time period. I don't know much about it. But all the books that I've read from that time period, like Charles Dickens or George Eliot, I I can't get through them like too tedious too much description I don't know but um this one is just beautiful and I love the characters and uh I just can't say enough good things about it so I f- highly recommend <laughs> Far From the Matting Crowd by Thomas Hardy I'm also reading Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when I just want to laugh I've kind of been working on that one f- basically all of COVID because I think we all need a good comedic <laughs> novel Uh, Another comedic novel or uh, another comedic novelist is P.G. Wodehouse, who writes the Birdie and Jeeves series. I love those books, too. And those are actually, I would say, I would say those are appropriate for kids, at least for the most part. They're just very comical. They're like watching a stage play. What else am I reading? I am reading some nonfiction, actually, which I know that I don't usually. But I am reading, again, for probably the second or third time, for the children's sake, so it's a book by Susan Schaefer McCauley about how to implement the Charlotte Mason method. And this is something that I've heard about from a lot of different Charlotte Mason people, whether it's on a podcast or a blog or in a Facebook group, is this book was kind of the catalyst for them wanting to use the Charlotte Mason method. And I'm not ever going to say I'm this person who fully implements Charlotte Mason. I use some workbooks. You know, I, I do some things that aren't very Charlotte Mason, but it is something that I strive for. So I highly recommend that book if you're at all interested in even learning what the method is, because I think at the base level, it it explains what Charlotte Mason is. Whether you want to use it or not is a whole other issue, but it is interesting. So I know that Stacy and I have talked about how I only read fiction. I don't really like nonfiction and she reads nonfiction and doesn't really read mm-hmm. a lot of fiction. So that's just like my one nonfiction book recommendation of all time. Well, that's all I have about books right now. Do you have anything to add, Stacey, to that? No, actually, I mean, I
0: think we've kind of covered all of the areas we want to talk about. We talked about audiobooks and Mm read-alouds and getting kids to kind of start reading on their own and even our favorite books, which is all, all I have at the moment.
1: And we were very, very lucky to speak with Kim and Erin. We had so much fun talking with them. Yeah, if you want to know anything more about youth-inspired publishing or even their contest book, The Secret of Annabelle, uh, I will put a link in the show notes. And also, don't forget to rate, review,
0: and subscribe to this podcast because that really helps other people find it and get to enjoy listening to it as well. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. No, just kidding. <laughs>